before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview edition of the Grant Williams podcast featuring my very special guest, Diana Choi Lever, the founder and chief economist at Enodo Economics. Diana has a unique background and has become uh, one of the most widely respected China watchers uh, in the macroeconomic space. Um, and uh, you're about to find out exactly why as you listen to what was a phenomenally interesting conversation. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including The Endgame, Super Terrific Happy Hour, The Narrative Game, This Week in Doom, and Shifts Happen, is available to copper and silver tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Home. So, if you enjoy what you hear on the show, and if you want more high-quality content like it, then please do make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And now, on with the show. Well, Diana, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for doing this. I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite some considerable amount of time. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm very excited as well. Well, look, there's... um, there's so much to talk about, and, and we're going to focus on China today, and, and with good reason. But to kind of unlock what those good reasons are, I'm very keen for you to give people your background, because you have rather a unique background for a Western economist looking at China. And I think it's so important to understand that background, to recognize how and why that kind of emboldens your view of China, how it works and all the things around it. So perhaps you could just give us a background of your life and your upbringing. Yes, you're right. Uh, I have quite an unusual background. I was born in Bulgaria when it was still communist and I had my formative years uh, in that system. Uh, I'm very happy to share my age. (laughs) which you can quickly calculate (laughs) when I say that uh, I was 14, 15 when the Berlin Wall fell. Uh, And then the opportunities in front of me were endless, actually. So I ended up studying in the UK and then working as an economist first for uh, and actually for the subsequent 16 years for a macroeconomic research consultancy at that time called Lombard Street Research. I ended up being chief economist, head of research there, running the team. And um, I remember when I joined in 2000, which was a very fateful year to join because China joined the World Trade Organization in 2001. I remember us sitting in the office and deciding we must follow China in great detail because it was going to drive so much of what was going on in the global economy. But I can't remember for the life of me why I was given the job. And my boss at the time can't remember either. And he (laughs) says now, though, that uh, he thinks that he gave it to me because he thought that I do have an understanding, innate understanding of how the system works. And that would be helpful. And when I set up Enodo Economics um, seven years ago, my God, time flies. Time and flies, Enodo yeah. is focused on China and its global impact. 
And I remember I went around the clients um, and asked them, what do you think I did right and I do right and why, etc. And the prevailing uh, feedback from them was the same, that they think I get China right because I have this unusual combination of understanding communism, having lived in it, although, of course, Bulgaria and China are different uh, culturally, but there are a lot of similarities in the system. And then I was trained by the best Western economists. And importantly, I think also I'm not Chinese, so I don't, I'm fully independent to think and analyze and speak up my views. And you know that um, uh, I often am described as fiercely independent and not afraid to put my head above the parapet. Yes, yes, that's, that, that's very true. And that's, um, I say, reading your work has been really, really fascinating for me because, as you say, that fierce independence comes through very, very well in your writing. And I've often found myself reading sentences that I recognize immediately I wouldn't read in other kinds of publications. So that certainly shows through. So let's just go back to your childhood and just talk about what it was like living under communism. Because I think I think it's important we spend a lot of time analyzing the macro and the economic implications of communism and, and planned economies and all this kind of thing. But we very rarely get a chance to talk about what it's like to live under that system, particularly as a teenager when obviously you're every instinct in your body is rebellion. You know, we're, we all were rebellious as teens. And of course, growing up in that system with a spirit of rebellion must be incredibly hard. So just, just give us a sense, if you can, of what it was like growing up under communism as a teenager. Well, very different, uh, obviously. Uh, my background was that my parents were not members of the Communist Party. So I was discriminated against, if you'd like. Um, and uh, I remember I learned the importance of relationships in, in communism very early on because I had a best friend from day one in a school and her parents were very high up the hierarchy. So the teacher did everything in her power to break us up. And we just stuck together and she stuck by me. And there was this story like three or four years later, she's been trying all the time, talking to her parents, telling her, oh, Diana's not good material to play with. And we were late or something and we got punished or I got punished. And my friend stood up and said, um, no, we did it together. I should be punished too. The teacher at that point lost it. He said, oh, you know, you do everything Diana tells you to do. If she tells you to jump out of the window, Will you jump? And my friend stood up and said, if Diana tells me to jump out of the window, I will jump. And that was the end of it. <laughs> At that point, she stopped. And, you know, this friend of mine is now a lawyer in the U.S. Uh, and we celebrated 40 years of friendship um, last September the 15th. Fantastic. So that's, fabulous. that's uh, you know, you, you, you learned to survive through the human connection, because uh, for, you know, those who were born with the wrong background, the system was against you. And I would often have situations where at school I'd be asked a question. Actually, that would apply to everyone. And um, I would say, oh, in my opinion, X, Y, Z. And I will be told, wait a second, I don't want to hear your opinion. Who are you? Just tell me what, let's say, the literary critic said about this work. But I want to share with you one other story, which I think is relevant to what's going on in China today. And it's quite a kind of a subtle, in a way, point, but that I think will be 
fundamental in changing the direction of travel uh, that China has set on to. Um, again, maybe a little bit longer uh, in explaining, but my grandfather No, no, take your time, was... take your time. We have all the time in the world. <laughs> oh, well, now that you say that. <laughs> no, 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 you, you carry on. This is wonderful. Uh, my grandfather was Czech. He moved to Bulgaria at a time when Bulgaria was kind of drawing in um, engineers. His father was an engineer. Uh, and he lived 102 years. So he lived for the first 40 years, starting from nothing at the age of 16. He became, by the age of 40, a textile magnet. And then communism came. He was thrown in jail, but uh, actually was taken out because they wanted to enlarge the textile industry. And professionally, he was the only one that could do the job. So he continued to work in the same profession for the next 30 years. And what I remember him saying, because I was brought up by them and I wrote down his memoirs as a child, he used to say, and he said the Bulgarians, because he thought of himself as Czech. He came from, um, well, what at the time was Austro-Hungary. Uh, and he was saying, well, the Bulgarians, you know, he worked with the same people, changed dramatically during communism. Before that, they were hardworking, very innovative, adaptive, um, came up with new ideas. After communism, they became the diametrically opposite type of person. And when you change the incentives and turn society upside down, um, very fundamental change materializes. What I regret is that I never asked him at the time, how long did it take for right. their working habits to change so fundamentally? Um, and the reason why this is relevant for China today is because under Xi Jinping, we have a 180 degree change in um, the direction of travel and the incentives fundamentally shaping behavior. And I think the change will undermine the very forces that contributed, mostly the forces that contributed towards China's uh, incredible expansion during the 40 years of opening up. Just so I'm clear on this, and I'm always fascinated to hear these stories because I have friends from the Soviet Union who have the same experience, but just explain how your parents weren't members of the Communist Party because it, it, I think it always seems to people in the West that you don't have an option to opt out of this. So how, how did that happen and how were they able to do that and what kind of a decision was that for them to make? Well, on the one hand, not everyone was allowed to join. Uh, even if they wanted to, they probably wouldn't have been allowed because oh, okay. on my mother's side, my grandfather was a former industrialist capitalist. And on my father's side, his father was an engineer who trained in Germany, actually electrified okay. half of Bulgaria. But at that time, Bulgaria, to have engineers, had to send people abroad. And because he trained abroad, my father was as well discriminated. Now, what happened, though, uh, was that despite my dad not being part of the uh, Communist Party and neither of them ever ne never wanted to become, 
But my dad was very good at his job, so he actually rose up quite high in the hierarchy because someone had to do the work. <laughs> and right. very few people, there are these people in the world who work come what may. The full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.